With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Charlie Walters, the big shooter. I got one thing to say to the crew of the Ride with Ricey. Let's kick some ass. And let me tell you what you want to do when you want to kick some ass. This is what you want to do when you want to kick some ass. What you want, baby, I got Now, Otis Redding's on my all-time Number two on my all-time list, right? Okay. Number one, Aretha. Number two, Otis Redding. But Otis sings respect. It comes up with respect. Even Otis has got to say, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I did it pretty good. Yeah. Wow. Wow. When uh, I mean, it's not my favorite song, but it is the, uh, it is the ultimate Aretha Franklin song. Yeah. What was Jamel Hill's uh, Hill oh, tweet today? I, I, I need, I need to let me uh, let me repeat the uh, Billy Pe- Preston. I love this. I, I saw it on Twitter earlier today. It was in a New Yorker article. Billy died in 2006, but uh, this quote is the zenith. This is anybody would like to have this in their eulogy, wouldn't they? I would think so. I don't care what they say about Aretha. She can be hiding out in her house in Detroit for years. She can go decades without taking a plane or flying off to Europe. Hated to fly, by the way. Hated to fly. Yeah. She can cancel half her gigs and infuriate every producer and promoter in the country. She can sing all kinds of jive-ass songs that are beneath her. She can go into her diva act and turn off the world. But on any given night, when that lady sits down at the piano and gets her body and soul all over some righteous song, she'll scare the bleep out of you. And you'll know, you'll swear, that she's still the best bleeping singer this bleeped-up country has ever produced. And that's uh, that's the zenith right there. What's Jamel Hill? Is it uh, Jamel Hill, who I love, uh, by the way, because yeah, she is feisty and takes no prisoners, and uh, is a Detroit kid. Yes, Jamel Hill, of course, is from uh, from Detroit, and she tweeted this out this morning after the news broke. Uh, Aretha was Detroit's sister, auntie, mama. Queen and Homegirl, all in one career. There are few people that defend, honor, and protect someone the way we did Aretha. You can talk about our economy and our crime, but say something about Riri and you'll get dealt with quick. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Great. I think that would be... Uh, I, I'm not saying I wish I wished I had grown up in Detroit, but there's something... There's... You've you've done something if you grew grew have grown up in Detroit, don't you think? It's yeah. a, it's an it's an accomplishment. It's a it's a it's New York City without 
without the, the good stuff. Without, without the, the good stuff, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's sure. uh, it's a tough. I I always liked it, but boy, a lot of people uh, terrified. Hell, I even got a few chuckles watching the riot after the '84 series, and uh, I you know we we used to stay out in Dearborn, the Twins. When I'd stay with the Twins, they'd let them I I you know. Laval and all the guys before him would let me take one trip a year, and it was always Detroit and Cleveland. Sure, <laughs> and so and the the Ramsey Crotley, who was the traveling secretary, used to put him in the Ritz Carlton out in, in Dearborn. Well, you could drive it around, you could drive around and get in town, or you could go straight down Michigan Avenue and you know take a left and go down. And I used to always go down straight down Michigan Avenue, which was not dangerous. But it was interesting. It was an interesting, and the, and the closer you came to Old Tiger Stadium, the more interesting it became. And uh, I love that town. And I, they had the, you know, the big thing in Detroit is Coney Islands. They they mm-hmm. love the Coney Islands. I'd stop at some falling down Coney Island place, and everything was fine. But uh, I love Detroit, and I love that kind of that uh, Jamel Hill's uh, description of Aretha Franklin. It, it does. I mean. You know, what we think about Detroit and just kind of yeah. how it, you know, the, how the kind of city it is. But when you really think about just the musical heritage that oh, comes yeah. in that city, it's it's major, man. It's yeah, oh, I mean, of all the, uh, I mean, there's, you know, Memphis and Muscle Shoals and all these other places. Detroit is probably the source of more, and more great music than any place. Yeah. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And it's days like today too, where you know the the online resources really are fun to go down kind of the rabbit oh, yeah. hole. Rolling Stone did an entire piece on their on their Twitter account that you can click to, which is super easy. But just all these fantastic live performances of Aretha <laughs> over the years. Oh my God! And it's I, then they, it's got the not only the video associated with it, but then you know the storyline behind it and everything. It's so great. Well, I get in here, I stumbled in here fairly early today, and then started looking for which songs I wanted to have for bumpers. And uh, an hour and fifteen minutes later, I hadn't done anything because <laughs> you don't you don't go usually if you're looking for a bumper, you listen to the. You know, you know something about the song. You listen to 15 seconds with her. You had to listen to the whole damn song. Oh, God, yes. Uh, the Queen of Soul has died at age uh, 76. I, I know we've heard that uh, a thousand times, uh, the Queen of Soul. But in this case, 100% accurate. And this is yeah. the one time we could use the word iconic. <laughs> I said that yeah. on Twitter. Did yeah. you see that? I did. I, I missed that. I'm I sorry. I said, once, one time and one time only, <laughs> the most overused, disrespected word in America. I'll use it for Aretha. Yeah. She is iconic. Yeah, a restaurant on Franklin, that's yeah. not no. iconic. Or no. a football stadium that has not yet opened <laughs> right. is not iconic. How about this, by the way? You mentioned Elvis. Died today. 41 years ago. Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth, also yes. 1948. Yeah, so right. if you're a really, really Zenith type person mm-hmm. and you make it past August 16th, you're, in the you're clear. okay. You got another, you got another year. year. Okay. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. Matthew Collar is with us. He is out in Egan where the uh, Vikings and the Jaguars uh, had the combined practice again today, and you have been driven in store inside. Is that true? Okay, so we were just inside, and they were doing 11-on-11s, and then we have marched back outside, which okay. led me to think, you know, if they ever 
told the media, hey, march onto this submarine and then sent it to the bottom of the ocean, we'd all go. <laughs> be like, oh, oh, PR said go to the submarine, so that's where we're going to go. But, yes, we are back outside now, I guess. The, the storm, uh, storm pa- came did, and went. Did you, actually, wet out here. did you actually get a storm? There, It is wet? It, it is not wet. So oh, I can okay. report that the ground is dry and the storm was not a coming. But, uh, yeah, we've done a lot of walking, though, at least. That's good. Hey, how much? So, uh, is this is this combined practices are taking place on side by side practice fields? We're not in the stadium, right? That is correct. Yeah, they got three fields out here, and what they've been doing is kind of having simultaneous eleven on elevens, and then you know splitting up for the uh, individual drills into both fields. So, trying to push it back indoors was pretty difficult. Basically, everyone had to stand on the sideline while they ran out first, second, third teams against each other. So now that we're back out here, there will be, uh, I would guess, a lot more action over the next uh, hour here or so. But now it's weird because there are no fans at all because they basically told everyone to go home. And then uh, those fans have to be very upset if they didn't actually get... You know, there's nothing worse than waiting for the storm, have been told to clear out, and then you don't get the storm. You know, that's a, you want... The, you want if, if they make you leave, you want the storm to actually take place, right? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like if they if they rain out a game and it never rains, yeah. it's like, wait a minute, did this just really happen or not? I, I don't know because I got I got the sense that they were just sending people back to their cars, but then when we walked back out here, I don't see anyone marching back into the stadium. So they may have just told everybody, hey, you didn't really actually pay for these tickets, so you got to leave. Hey, did anybody uh, anything happen of significance? Everybody healthy? No more bodies carried off the field that you had been able to see. Yeah, it was only uh, Josiah Price that got hurt, and uh, not to disrespect him, but uh, he really wasn't going to make the team. Uh, so yeah, other than that, though, it has been very tame. It's almost been so tame that you're kind of like, hey, guys, I mean, is this a joint practice or, or what? I mean, it kind of has the feeling of a regular practice for both teams that there hasn't been uh, seemingly any pushing, shoving, or even like highly competitive reps, if you will. I mean, just watching the offensive and defensive line, it's not like they seem to be going 110% battling each other, that they're just kind of going through it the same way if they're teammates. So I guess they made a huge, huge deal of making sure that there were no fights, no pushing and shoving, and just kind of the usual practice experience with these two teams. Now, a year ago, Matthew, uh, when we were when uh, Zim, Zimmer was trying to tell us about the improvements he saw in Laquan Treadwell and everybody else, you kind of know, knew that it was forced. Uh, the uh, things I'm reading and, uh, and seeing the suggestions are that is there a possibility he's figuring it out? So I posted one thing on this, and Judd Zolga took it off the page of our website. So uh, that tells you how he feels about it. But mm-hmm. I think, for me, it's very much believe it when I see it. I mean, he's still got the same shortcomings that he had last year. And if you go back, yeah, maybe there was some lip service, but there was always a lot of, yeah, we're seeing all these positive signs from him and everything else. And then once we got into the games, he played, but he made zero impact. And that was the same thing that we saw in the preseason game. He played 42 snaps, which is a ton for a guy that's uh, supposed to be a significant player in the first preseason game. And he had one catch for three yards, which I know it's the preseason, so it doesn't matter a ton. But that's been the story of his career when he has gotten into games is the ball never comes his way. So I, 
I understand that they want to say positive things about him now, and I, I would agree that he's been good out here, that he's gotten a lot of targets from Kirk Cousins in the 11-on-11s, and he's made nice catches. Yesterday he had one in the red zone that was just a fantastic catch, and you could see the talent, but that's the thing about training camp is you could see the raw talent of guys where you have the good players separated from the bad players is when they actually get out there. So for him, I'm going to have to see him uh, take an actual step forward in real games before I want to buy into that. But, the, you know, the Colts are nice, though. Hey, hey uh, so we, there's a million examples of uh, wide receivers who did well uh, when they weren't blazing fast, where they weren't all that fast. But those guys were kind of the, I hate to use this phrase because I hear it from Mel Kuyper, but the quick twitch guys, is that his problem? That he's he's not fast and he's, you know, he's not quick on his cuts and things like that? Is that his problem? Yeah, I think it's the devil is in all the details with him. I mean, I, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I mean, I don't know if it's exactly quick twitch, but it's that, cornerbacks can slow him down coming off the line like he's supposed to use his size to power his way through that but he doesn't always do that and you know to create separation he's supposed to be able to use his size and he can't always find ways to do that and then you know the big thing with him too was in college if the ball came his way he was winning the ball that he would just jump over uh college cornerbacks and dominate them with his strength he's an extremely strong guy which is usually coming out in the combine. If you're slower but you're stronger, you've got a shot. Um, so that was probably what they were thinking is, well, he'll make up for some of that. But he doesn't seem to be able to use his strength against NFL corners to create that separation and win the ball. I mean, last year against Baltimore, the first play of the game, I believe it was, they threw it up to him and gave him a chance to sort of go win a 50-50 ball, and it got intercepted. And that's kind of been the story of Laquan Treadwell is that all those things that were there in college that made him a first-round draft pick, they just haven't shown up. And I, unless he becomes a much sharper route runner and figures out how to win the ball when it's coming his way against NFL corners, it's hard to see him making any more impact than he did last year. So you'd guess something like you know, 20, 30 catches, and he's a good blocker and good special teamer. Uh, Brandon Zilstra back on the field yet? He is, yes. Yes, All he right. is. And that's, that's really good for him. He can play Saturday. He needs some work out there yes. because he has a shot with this – wide receiver room i mean there's a bunch of guys sort of jockeying for position and he's got that opportunity because kendall wright really hasn't impressed anybody and stacy your guy stacy coley is now how long is he out yeah that's we don't talk about injuries patrick okay I don't know, if you know that um but uh, <laughs> he's, but he's he's out here in shorts and doesn't look like he's close to getting back on the field it looked like a bad injury when he went down that's all I can really say. Uh, I, I think that he's the number four wide receiver if he's healthy. You saw it even in the preseason game where there was kind of a back shoulder throw and he adjusted his body and made a nice catch. I think he's a guy that they like and that they would love to have some sort of role, but it's been one injury after another for him just going through this offseason. It started out in minicamp. He got hurt, and then he missed the first couple days out here, finally gets back, plays pretty well in the preseason game, and then gets hurt right away again. So if he can't get back on the field, that means they're going to have some questions about where he stands for that number four spot. So, Matthew, what you're saying is my pick for Egan's everyman is not a great pick right now because he's banged up right now. Stacy Cole. That? Was, was, was Cole your, your pick? Yes. Yeah, that was my pick, yeah. That was your pick, too, wasn't it, uh, for uh, Mr. Mankato, wasn't it? Uh... My Mr. Mankato pick was Caleb Jones, who oh. has really had um, a very good uh, training camp so far, but the thing with him is he's suspended for the first four games, so he may make the team 
and then they'll assess later. But he's really, I think, taken a step forward from where he was last year. Stacey Coley, now I don't know if the Egan Everyman has different rules. Stacey Coley wasn't eligible for Mr. Mankato because he was, an, he was active last year and actually got one target. So that would have made him ineligible. But, you know, the Egan Everyman might have different rules. We do have different yes. rules. Laquan Treadwell was ruled was ruled eligible because he'd been a stiff wow. for two years. So. <laughs> I, I just don't agree with these rules. I'm not comfortable with that. Well, uh, you know, what the heck. That's, that's why nothing, <laughs> nothing else of note. Uh, who do you like with the Jags? Have you, have, have you been forced to look at your program or look at your little <laughs> roster to see a number of a Jag? You know, I, I haven't really been, like, looking down their roster and scouting guards or anything that the Vikings could try to trade for. Well, one of their athletes, I mean. One of their but, athletes uh, did, did cause you to look at your roster and say, wow. Not, No, not really. I mean, I've kind of been focused on how the Vikings guys have done. I, and really, the Jaguar guys that make you look at them are the guys you would think. I mean, Clive Campbell is an absolute freak. And it's actually been really good because he's been lining up over Brian O'Neill a lot. So I've been watching him, and, and he's a monster. So seeing him match up against O'Neill and see O'Neill win a lot of those or at least kind of break even and not get beat is pushing me a little more toward the Brian O'Neill train. And plus, Rashad Hill not practicing today is very, very likely that O'Neill will start on Saturday, which gives us a pretty good look at his chances. So I think, if, if anything, the Vikings have gotten a lot out of this just just to go up against. What the, what the hell did Hill do do to himself now? Well, he had the uh, well. There was the illness at first, but now that he tweaked an ankle, so oh, he uh, one day had to be taken off, and then he came back and was sort of messing with the ankle, and then we haven't seen him practicing since then. Okay. All right. Uh, thanks for the quick update there, Matthew. Anytime. Thank you. All right. Uh, Matthew Collar. You can read his coverage of the Vikings on 1500ESPN.com. He's got a good Xavier Rhodes piece on there right now. Here is the uh, capable substitute for John Height, uh, Chris Reavers, with a sports update. That is debatable. The uh, Twins starting four-game series against Detroit this evening at Target Field. Uh, the Twins did take the first two of this six-game homestand over the Pirates. Irvin Santana, he will start opposite former Twins left-handed pitcher Francisco Liriano. First pitch tonight from Target Field is at 7-10 Reavers is a very ardent Twins fan uh, mm-hmm. of, of this century. Does it always make you a little sad to see Francisco Liriano pitching? That uh, because it, it it's it always never what was might have what been. it could have yeah. been. Yes, uh, yeah. I, I do I do get that sense because oh six my oh. God in heaven yeah. was that game when he beat Clemens in Houston that night was yeah. one of the most uh, that was a that was a great Twins moment mm-hmm. and you knew. When he came off the mound that day game, you went, uh-oh, because he was shaking the elbow, and you knew that yeah, he had the bad. Uh, he had the uh, suspicious delivery always. He kind of threw it over the across his yeah. body. But, you know, uh, he has not won a game this year since April 28th. Is that right? Yeah. Holy He's cow. since April 28th. That tells you something about that Tiger <laughs> rotation that he yeah. keeps getting. Go get him, hey, Francis. Get out, <laughs> out there. Yeah, you can do her. Uh, a couple of games at MLB today. The Rays hung on for dear Ooh, life and man. beat the Yankees 3-1 to in Yankee Stadium. Bases loaded, nobody out. 3-1, to and uh, somebody got out of it. There. Did you see the replay situation with Giancarlo, by the way? That took 14 minutes? Did you see what happened? No. So, I believe there was a runner on second. I I don't I think there was one out. 
Giancarlo hits this towering pop-up that glanced off the wall in right field, the right field uh, foul line. Initially, it was called a home run. When you see it replayed, it was four feet off the ground and hit the wall. How they ruled it a home run to begin with is beyond me. Wow. But again, just goes yeah, to major show... Major League umpires, it just, <laughs> But it goes to show you what a joke of a stadium that Yankee mm-hmm. Stadium is. I know it took 10 minutes. Yeah, too. it took it forever. forever. And then Boone came out and argued. So. Uh, the Mets are up on the Phillies 7-4 to that game in the top of the fifth inning. And we do have breaking news in MLB. Yasiel Puig has been suspended for two games for his... Uh, Situation with the Giants and catcher mm. is it Todd Hundley? Who's the uh, the Hundley catcher for Not the Giants? Uh, what is the kid's name? I don't know. Hundley, Hundley is the catcher, uh, but yeah, I, Nick Hundley, Nick Hundley, Chad. Chad. Well, we'll go with Chad, Chad according to Kenny. All right, Joe Lake is it Lakeva? Yeah, Lakeva. Tiger Woods caddy <laughs> apparently tried paying off a heckler to leave. It happened two weeks ago during the final round of the WGC Bridgestone Invitational in Akron, Ohio. That sounds like a ricey move to oh, me. Yeah. Hey, buddy, here's 20 bucks. Beat yeah, it. Yeah, sure. Get the hell out of here. I've been trying to give Rook 20 to get a haircut. <laughs> God almighty, what turned him into a long-haired commie? The heckling spectator got the attention of Woods' caddy. Uh, attempting to defuse the situation politely did not work. LaCava told the story as a guest on Golik and Wingo on Wednesday. He tried a different method. He said, well, if you give me the $25 I paid for a ticket today, I'll leave. So I go, here's 25 bucks." LaCava said. <laughs> After peeling the bills out of his wallet and paying, LaCava said the spectator still carried on and did not leave. Eventually, LaCava approached security and had him ejected. He didn't have a problem, he said, and actually I got a standing ovation for kicking the guy out of there. LaCava, who has been caddying for Wood since 2011, also apparently feels comfortable enough. I'll tell you, this tells you about the new relaxed uh, Tiger Woods, though, because Mm -hmm. his other, you know, Steve Williams got fired for talking out of school. Uh, So did uh, Fluff, the first guy, his first Mm -hmm. one, Colin. They both got fired because they were... Too casual? Quotes, no, quotes, quotes about Tiger that were not pre-approved by Tiger that Ooh. appeared in magazines or articles. Okay. Or and Steve Williams was with him for, what, 15 years, and he fired him because he, Steve did a magazine. Steve was a jackass, by the way, but he did a... He did That's a, right, he did the tell-all or he whatever. He did something, yeah. yeah that Tiger fired him. So golf now has fans like hockey and baseball oh, yeah. that just scream at the... Yeah, if wow, you watch. You know, wow. Alcohol's involved generally, Kenny. Uh, I, I don't understand that mentality. That's, there's, there's 15, there's 10,000 people walking around trying to watch Tiger play. They can't see him, so they just drink and yell nonsense. Jeez. The Ryder Cup was just... Awesome in that Beth, regard. Beth, played, <laughs> Beth Page Black for the U.S. Open the first time in New York when they were yelling at Monty about how impressive his man boobs were. were my, uh, wow. <laughs> those New Yorkers, it's a different element. We better go here because uh, uh, we're going to uh, be talking about Aretha again when we get back. Melanie Rosalie's Underbrink is with us. Uh, Melanie has been on the music scene for a long time and uh, came to Minneapolis first in 1975. Grew up in Fort Dodge, Iowa. Melanie, when's the first time you heard that voice of uh, Aretha Franklin? Well, for years, but boy, just hearing what you just played about dropped me. Wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> Holy cow. I remember growing up in Iowa and we lived out way out in the country 
and I had a little transistor radio, and we would wedge the radio <laughs> between the headboard and the and the screen. And sometimes we could get Chicago. Uh-huh. Sometimes, if the wind didn't blow, <laughs> and that's where I heard my first Aretha. <laughs> and uh, and of course, if you're young, when did when did you think this was something you might want to do? Just as as a young girl, I know you were you were appearing in, at various places by the time you were twelve. So this this idea must have came to you as a rather young girl. Uh, I think I got my first money for singing in like maybe third grade <laughs> for singing the anthem at some Memorial Day thing. <laughs> and uh, but I I don't know it just was uh, something that there was no question about it. It's just always something I knew I would do. And Aretha is someone you uh, you admire, but you never you know you're never going to replicate that, right? That is a oh, once in a lifetime thing, huh? Good God, no! No <laughs> one can replicate Aretha. She is truly the queen. Where does She's that aptly named? Where does that voice come from? Is that natural, or is that having oh. it, having it developed by her uh, father, the Reverend, who uh, knew all Sam Cooke and all those people? What do you, what? Uh, Probably a little of each, wouldn't you say? I yeah. would, of course, it's God given. I mean, that's just raw, rare, ungodly talent. It's just insane. Her talent. And then singing as a little girl in the church all the time. I'm yeah. sure then she just honed her craft, probably. And uh, She's untouchable. She's truly one of the most iconic voices in our lifetime, what's in my your, opinion. Of her uh, great songs, uh, did, which which one did she hit uh, hit some points in it that you uh, were just amazed by? I know there's a lot of them, but is there any one or oh, two that God. really caught your I attention? I listening to her, listening to her all day today. Because, uh-huh. I mean, everything... She does is like ridiculous, it's so <laughs> fabulous. But I think, I think of course in '68 or '9, I'm not sure what the year was. I, I'd have to look it up. But I remember my age, so I'm guessing it was that when she had uh, when Think came out. Oh yeah, and that just that got my attention. Mm-hmm. Holy cow, that got my attention. The New York Times. Respect, oh, go, go ahead. Excuse me. And then respect. Yes. You know, during all the big movements, and she's just iconic. I, there's no other word for her. I just ran across one that I, I guess I'd heard it before, but I didn't pay that much attention. Her singing The Weight with uh, Dwayne Allman uh, uh, do, uh, hitting the guitar behind her. It's uh, hitting the slide Ooh, behind her. I don't know that one. Oh, check it out. It's, it's unbelievable. I'm it right now. It's unbelievable. Uh, here's oh, what, I got to check that out. Here's what the New York Times said. Gospel-shaped... Her quivering swoops, her pointed rasps, her galvanizing buildups. Uh, I think that's what always got uh, most of us was the buildups, the way that she could. Did, as as the buildups started, you started getting more excited to know that it, where, where it was going to end was going to be uh, fantastic. And how she was, what road she was going to take to mm-hmm. get there. Yes. It was always unusual. Mm-hmm. Uh, some great- I, I remember her doing uh, I'm gonna knock down your door That old song <laughs> yes. I can't even think of the name of it But that dropped me mm-hmm. It still takes me right back to summertime And being young And she just she's there in everybody's life At every certain part of their life You can remember Some song of hers that touched you in a way uh, Melanie, did you, uh, how many times did you, uh, were you in her presence? Did you, uh, get to some of her concerts or were you, were you I around never, her? 
Never saw, never met her. I wish never mm-hmm. met her, and did not see her in concert. But I did hear her father singing and preaching at the church that she grew up in. Really, I guess my next best thing. When were you? Uh, what were, were you? Were you were in Detroit and just happened to go? I was or what? in college. It was a college trip, and we were in Chicago. And then he was there. Oh, okay. Preaching at a church as a guest. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea that he was like would start preaching and then just start singing. Well, they said he, he was, was a, he was a monster singer too. That's what they said. He had a he had a fantastic voice. Everybody knew that. Uh, what a coincidence! Uh, Elvis died today too on this date, August sixteenth. I didn't know it was the same date. Wow! I, I did not know that till somebody made me aware of that too. But uh, wow! Would what because she was a woman? Does that? give her more influence with a person like yourself or, or were you were i mean as female singers is is she the number one person that you guys of your age followed well she was certainly right up there for me i mean she is truly you know for a singer she's about as as bad as you can be <laughs> she's about as bad as you can get i mean uh-huh. i don't know anyone that's badder yeah, I was Stevie Wonder. I, yeah, yeah, that's right. I've read this uh, quote a couple of times today, but there's a great Billy, Billy uh, Preston quote uh, talking about all the trouble she gave promoters and everything else. And then he says, <laughs> "But on any given night, when that lady sat down at the piano and got her body and soul all over some righteous song, she'll scare the bleep out of you." He said. With that voice. <laughs> She was just, no one could do a, a a song like her. Like, she just took it to, like you said, just to a different place. She took it to a different plane. You. A whole different level. We don't think of a, of a bluesy, funky uh, singer like yourself hanging out in the summer in, uh, in uh, where, where are you, Crane Lake, Cass, uh, uh, Cross Lake, Minnesota. What Cross the Lake. heck are you doing up there? And you don't <laughs> fish, you told me. I don't fish. I water ski every day. <laughs> really? That's a, <laughs> not a that, fish. Pro- I love to eat fish, but I don't, I don't fish. That's kind of a lost art, uh, is is it not? The water skiing. Oh, you still we're see? Saying no one's doing it anymore. We can tell how old you are if you still water ski. Wow. That's uh, that's. <laughs> they good. don't even make water ski magazine anymore. That's what they <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> But uh, you told me, I talked to you earlier today, that the uh, TC Jammers, who are uh, do Thursday nights at, uh, at Bunkers, are uh, there every Thursday night, and they want you to come down and sing for them, huh? Yes, I'm going to do that this fall. And, and Bobby Vandell, they're all there tonight, and that is a killing band. If anybody doesn't know that they're down there, they're every Thursday, and they are funky, funky, funky. What is it about music? I mean, guys like the TC Jammers and these people, you never retire. Nobody in music ever retires. What else you can afford to if you're a musician? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why. Which, uh, you, you got your band, you got your start here with uh, Doug Maynard, basically? Yeah, that was pretty much, I mean, I worked before that, mm-hmm. but that was when it started getting better. And uh, we started working with Doug. And what uh, what would you uh, say was uh, what what do you think of the Minnesota, uh, the Minnesota music scene now? Oh, I think it's just you know I 
feel really lucky that I was there in the time that I was because there was so much live music. You could walk door to door downtown and like hear great music everywhere. There's, there's still incredible, incredible musicians there, but I don't know that the venues are as many. And one last question, Melanie. Did did you always did people always avoid uh, trying to cover an Aretha song because you knew people would maybe compare? Well, I'll tell you, I did. <laughs> I never <laughs> wanted to do her stuff. You don't oh know. heck no! <laughs> uh, I don't. Th- she's pretty untouchable. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's there's no doubt about that. And people will say, "What yeah. are you trying to do Aretha for?" You know that's. If that's someone not... would ever say, "Let's do an Aretha," I would always say, "Okay, you do it. I'll sing the background part." <laughs> Now, uh, uh, John Klein at uh, Bunkers was telling me they do have an Aretha tribute uh, every year in March for a couple of days, so they do have some people up there trying to do it. So, Well, there's some people that can probably sing like her, but, boy, I'm not one of them. <laughs> okay. I sure love her. Well, uh, let us know when you're uh, going to be down here with TC Jammers, and we'll come over and watch you. I will do that. Great talking to you today. Okay. Uh, thanks for your time. All right, bye-bye. All right, uh, that's Melanie Rosales uh, under Brink, and she got her figured out. She sang around here for years, and she's got it figured out. Now she goes water skiing in uh, in uh, Cross Lake all summer, and then she goes out to Park City with her husband and when snow skis in the summer in the winter. That's so pretty cool. That's a good uh, that's a good life. But uh, uh, you know, that's also pretty good that I can put her on to an Aretha song that she hadn't heard yet. The Wait. We're going to play that before the the uh, show's over today. It is fantastic. I, I was telling Reavers, and I know we got a break here in a second, but I was telling Reavers when Change Gonna Come, when that hit, when we first started this segment, I just, I, I had to stop for a second mm-hmm. with what I was doing because that song is just fantastic. And hearing her sing it too is just, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it, it was, it, it uh, hits you, man. She had some good, some people giving her some good material and she made the best of it. We'll be back. Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now this day in history, Patrick. It's Eddie Matthews at the plate. And he connects. Hank Bauer moves back, but the ball is out of reach. A home run and a 7-5 Milwaukee victory. Matthews Homer has evened the series at 2-2. Two and two, And his teammates give Eddie a hero's welcome. She's, uh, she's lighting up the... She's lighting up the boyfriend again in this one. That <laughs> yes, sounded like Eddie Matthews' home run was hit on Newsreel. Was that a news... One I of think, the, I think the, it was, the, yeah. Like a movie... F- the thing you used to see in the movies. Uh, yeah. Well, he was always... got to be as old as me to have seen those. <laughs> he was always one of the guys with Harmon and everyone featured in those Wrigley Field. Oh, yeah, during, right. So I wonder if that yeah. was part of it. Or if that I got was, drunk yeah. with him one night. That no, one. Yeah. really? Down in New Orleans, winter meetings, yep. Yeah, Eddie was, uh, he liked his whiskey. He was managing the Braves, and my buddy Highland was covering the Braves. Hey, Eddie, how about another that gin was and tonic? I, I told you guys this story. I got I to gotta get to what the thing is here, but uh, we were in the bar... And Eddie Robinson and Eddie Matthews, the GM, and, and they said, eh, they said, here, we'll sign the check, and you guys just stay here and drink. <laughs> and, we, you know, we were buying everybody drinks and thinking it was a hell of a good time. Oh, Found right. out we were in the wrong hotel. <laughs> <laughs> we had to come up with 50 bucks a piece to buy our way out of there. Oh. Anyway, uh, Eddie Matthews, I was on the first cover ever of Sports Illustrated as a star of the Milwaukee Braves. Today... 
August 16, 1954. Wow. wow. This day in history. And by coincidence, when I wrote that handball column, I was writing about how I actually took an interest in it because Sports Illustrated used to cover it. They have these great stories about the U.S. handball championships, and they did everything. They did all kinds of strange stuff that we'd never been aware of. They were wide world of sports before there was wide world of sports, you know, on TV. And uh, it's, uh, you know, it has been a great institution in this country since August 16, 1954. Uh, Sports Illustrated, happy birthday to you, even though the print edition certainly is a nice, thin little thing now and uh, not what it used to be. Uh, The Braves were quite the story, though, in 1954.